1: and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling i'm your host jp john pause and today on who is we're discussing who is the greatest commentating team of all time of course joining me is mr j himself the doctor michael jargo michael how you doing today sir
0: you know pause I, I thought this was interesting that of all weeks for the huckleberry to not be here mm-hmm. we're going with a two-man booth Which do you like? Do you like the two-man booth or do you like the three-man booth?
1: prefer two-man booth.
0: I'm with you, man. I like the two-man booth when it comes to professional wrestling. And, of course, that means we're going to be talking commentators. And I thought it was weird, man, because I didn't even think about it. I have 17 names on my list this week. And only two of them are a three-man booth. All the rest are only two.
1: Wow. Interesting i wonder why that is that's pretty crazy uh what do you well what do you think about rampage doing a four-man booth oh my god it's like
0: sensory overload you can't tell who's talking at what point in time until well you can tell jericho because he just yells everything like he's Dolph Ziggler. but it's too much i just give me a play-by-play guy and a color guy and I, I don't even feel like the three-man booth at this point because nobody does it really the right way anymore, right? I mean, because it, it should be you got a play-by-play guy, you got a heel, and you got a baby face, yep. and we don't even get that anymore.
1: And the interesting thing is I know WWE did that once in a while where they had the four-man because Tanae would come in, but that's one match or two matches. Bing, bang, boom, he's out of there. Um, Rampage the other night had five guys. You had the four guys normally in the booth, and then it's Punk was out there. So I was like, holy moly, why are they doing so many guys? And it's not like Mark Henry is adding all this stuff. So like you could probably cut him out and just leave Jericho, Excalibur, and Taz, and it would be fine. And then, okay, if Punk jumps in, that's fine because it's only one match, but it's was like five-man booth, Jesus. And henry's fine doing the backstage stuff doing the one-on-one thing that he doesn't break stuff that's fine but you don't really need him out there at the booth it's crazy four-man booth five-man booth what in the world and it's never good right i mean that that's the thing it's just it never works it's never good and excalibur is like the main guy i know he's probably the one most knowledgeable of today's products and today's guys but should he be the main guy or should he be the you know the um broadcast journalist or the you know the the other guy doing the color uh, supplying all the info i don't know just interesting little concept that they got going on there
0: i feel like the problem with aew commentary is having jim ross and excalibur in the same booth because it seems like they just walk all over one another and i get what i get what the theory was the theory was that excalibur is going to be the play-by-play and jim ross is going to tell you the story Right, Like he's going to advance the storylines and tell you what's going on and why these two guys are fighting. It just doesn't seem to work like that. That's the job for one person. And they just end up stepping on each other. That's why I feel like the the AEW commentary doesn't work.
1: To me, you got to have a great announced team that adds to the show, not subtracts from the show. So when we say greatest announced team, it almost coincides with great errors to me. You know what I mean? Like it almost goes hand in hand. You never say like, oh, the product's great. I'll remember the announcer. He was terrible. You don't mean you don't get too much of that with a great product. Maybe a crappy product gets some crappy announcing and you kind of just, again, cleans itself and goes hand in hand there. But to me, the great eras had great announcers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there's some of the names like Jim Ross shows up on my list multiple times with multiple different partners. Yes. Gordon Soli shows up on my list multiple times with multiple different partners. You know, it, Mike Tenay shows up on my list multiple times with multiple different partners, you know, mm-hmm. but there there's individual kind of threads going through all of them. And then I thought of a couple that weren't necessarily together very long, but I thought were really, really good together. Like a perfect example is Marl Renallo and Nigel McGinnis those two Ooh, well, guys, i was thinking about
1: them too yeah. when,
0: when they were together i thought that was a great commentary team it's unfortunate that we just got such a short run of it
1: i love that team too and i was thinking about them like how long were they together i was actually thinking was like oh no it couldn't have been that short and it was that short It was like damn I love them pairing first of all Nigel's awesome awesome wrestler he's the guy that kind of he almost gets lost in it sometimes which i love. Like if you, I don't know if you remember when he did that Elgin uh, Davy Richards match back in 2012, the Showdown at the Sun, Showdown at the Sun, whatever the heck it was called. Man, he'd just get lost in that match. But I, I love it because you kind of get in with his emotion and him being an ex wrestler. It's almost like second nature for him just to kind of get lost. But man, he love him and forget it, Ronaldo. I love. Sometimes I watch Bellator, and if he's not mm-hmm. commentating, I'm like, yeah, fuck. It's like not as interested. You know what I mean? It's like. And people will say, oh, he's too over the top. I love it. Mama Mia and everything else. I love that stuff. He he makes the big moments feel even bigger.
0: Yeah. You know, I, is it, sometimes we just wish that he would have backed off for the moments that weren't the big moments. You know, yes. not everything yes. is the greatest thing ever.
1: It's funny because oh, you'd be watching Bellator and like, you know, like the let's see bantamweights are fighting and he's like oh mom i mean he goes crazy and then he does that for the heavyweight So, like hey, who cares about those guys he's focused on the heavyweight <laughs> but then like when fedor is fighting you know he goes nuts he's like that's the goat baby and like you know he really pumps it up so I, I i love marrow he's awesome and then i like watching our uh, boxing I'll, I'll get into boxing just just for him because yep. he's so his uh, like in like his uh enthusiasm is so infectious i absolutely love him every sport Man, he, he literally does every sport. He's, he's doing kickboxing a little yeah. bit. He's doing boxing. He's doing MMA, doing pro wrestling. He's literally had his hand in everything. He's just awesome. I know this isn't great single commentators, but I want to put him over. But I love um, McGinnis and Ronaldo. Another one I love just randomly that I was just thinking of that maybe people agree, maybe don't, was Kevin Kelly and Steve Carino when they were together. I love that combination.
0: That is probably my favorite pair ever. Um, whoa my like my personal favorite like i'm not gonna say that they're the best but they're probably my personal favorite kevin kelly is criminally underrated i have kevin kelly on my list with don callis as well when they were working at new japan together yes i thought that was a great pairing um but steve carino how steve carino has not ended up in an nxt commentary booth at some point during his time there blows my mind because I think he's the best color guy in the business and i'm also Man. a huge steve carino mark so me
1: too back in the day know, roh like he said i'm like i'm kind of into him i don't know about this guy as soon as he goes to the roh changed his character obviously he gained some weight for japan because he's working zero yep. one hashimoto wants his heavyweights to be heavyweights. you can't be little so you put on the weight but even when he was literally phoning in if you remember this like phoning in his commentary and they would add it in. <laughs> yes <laughs> he was awesome like he was so good I, I don't know every part of his game was great and then he eventually would kind of do the scum thing and then retire and, and all that other stuff and do the Kevin Sullivan angle and the B.J. Whitmer thing. But as soon as he got to the commentary booth, was like, man, he's so good. I love when he would do Young Bucks matches because he was so over the top. And, man, he was awesome. I am actually shocked because Stu Bennett is okay or whatever. But, man, imagine mm-hmm. if you had Carino in there. Whew. Well,
0: and, I mean, Beth Phoenix down there too. I mean, you could see Wade on one side and Carino on the other.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know? or that, yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: And and that could be really good. Um, I, I think Steve Carino doesn't get nearly as much credit as he should for helping make the careers of guys like Kevin Steen and Adam Cole and the Young Bucks and that kind of era of ROH, along with Kevin Kelly. Like that commentary team added so much to those shows. Even, you know, when one of my – Favorite calls of all time is when he's doing the Mr. Wrestling gimmick and the Young Bucks throw 52 super kicks in one freaking match and he yells <laughs> so barcack every time. Yes. It's just yes. until they literally super kick him too. I mean, it's just freaking hilarious. He was absolute money as a commentator.
1: I loved him early, like early on in ROH. You know, we're like they wouldn't boo the heels kind of, they were, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they would, but they were hard fans to get to boo unless you did something like outrageous. He would stall, he'd do the Zabisco thing. He would have his own personal announcer. And then eventually would it be Bobby Cruz? Um, and then he had somebody else too. But like he'd have his own announcer that was doing stuff. He's like yep. the guy Steve Carino drank with. I just like every facet of his game, he just like, okay, I want to be heel, I'm gonna go balls to the wall. I'm gonna be announcer, I'm gonna go full bore into like he always invested the time into everything he did. He was so great. And man, he was his running ROH somehow for, forgotten i don't know why but his feud with homicides is one of the best feuds i've ever seen absolutely went to a bunch of live shows literally just to see that feud so man john not to get off topic here but man carino love love me some carino you well and then that. on the other side
0: kevin kelly with don callis when they were doing new japan yep. pro wrestling don callis told us like his first night in the booth i'm going to win the award for best announcer next year And by God, he went and did it. Don Callis was absolutely fantastic in new Japan pro wrestling and Kevin Kelly as the, the JR voice of the English new Japan product is absolutely freaking incredible. They do a great job of telling you the story of what's going on. It seems like they're finally starting to get some kind of semblance that, you know, who's going to be in the booth for new Japan at this point with Chris Charlton and Gino Gambino and it just seems like Kevin Kelly has great chemistry with everybody. Where, where, where are you at with Kevin Kelly as a play-by-play narrator? Because I feel like he is just
1: criminally
0: underrated.
1: Love him. I think he's great. I like when he, like, lays out, like, in big moments. You know, sometimes the guy, like, Excalibur, I know, sometimes like to yell and get into it, like, even in a big match. Now, lay out a little bit, let the crowd go crazy, then come back in. You don't need to call everything. Like, he's kind of – I guess he's been around for a while. He kind of mastered the art of, like, when to insert yourself, when to take yourself out, when to call the action, when to not call the action. Like, man, I just always thought he was great and just got even better in new japan i even love him doing the backstage stuff remember the mm-hmm. the rock and him going back and forth yep. and him calling him hermy and everything else so i always thought he was great as a backstage announcer and of course that's a play-by-play guy
0: how different would the last 20 years of wwe be if they would have went with kevin kelly instead of mitchell cole
1: i agree better And Michael Cole's fine. I know he does the job that they want and you're not really supposed to call a match. You're supposed to sell products and all this other stuff and be a salesman. I get that, but man, I would have much more rather enjoyed Kevin Kelly. Yep. Absolutely. He's, he's, Er, Er,
0: he's, I consider him more of a protege of Jim Ross than I do Mitchell Cole.
1: Yes. Yes. Do you, did you know? And I recently found this out in an interview, you know who Michael Cole is the protege of. Vincent Kennedy McMahon, Todd Pettengill. really? Todd got him the job. Todd was leaving in '97. Huh. He got Michael Cole. He said this guy would be the perfect replacement. And he, before that, he was like mentoring Michael Cole and got Michael Cole the job. I didn't know that until I interviewed Todd Pettengill not that long ago. But I was like, interesting. Wow, so, so you're responsible for Michael Cole. <laughs> this is all you know, your he, fault. Yeah, yeah, he's perfectly fine, but he's just not like over the like when he like we were talking about the great moment with Foley, that's Jr. I mean, come on, that's like unforgettable. You know what I mean? Like it's just some guys have it and some guys are good. They're just not great. It's the rarefied air. And I think Kevin Kelly had the possibility of being great. I think he would have been more favorable for me if he was the announcer in WBF. I think the only thing with Kevin Kelly is I don't think he
0: could put up with Vince screaming in his ear like that.
1: He doesn't seem like he plays the politic game. Well, right. He seems like he would say something to Vince. Michael Cole seems like he's the perfect cool hand luke. Like, oh, I'm a motherfucker. Oh, I screwed that up. Blah blah. blah. Okay. And we're back here on SmackDown. I love you. You know what I mean? He just seems I heard he's a big uh I guess he's a big Scotch drinker, I think it was or something. So he seems like he, maybe he's very relaxed, very calm. He probably handled that stuff.
0: Mitchell Cole has had what? 25 different partners at a commentary booth over the course yeah. of his time there you
1: kind of got to feel bad for him a little bit yeah
0: who do you think is his best tag team partner who who do you what era of Mitchell Cole do you think was the best of him as a commentator because I only put him on my list once and I put him on there with Taz I enjoyed the
1: pairing of, of Mitchell Cole and Taz. I was gonna say probably Taz I was trying to think of him and JBL but it wasn't that great because I know JBL was trying to do the Vin- Jesse Ventura shtick mm-hmm. but kind of didn't go all the way with it um who else was he with i guess core graves for a while but that was too kind of sticky and graves is almost well they're still doing it on smackdown right well because pat mcafee is has covid oh that's right
0: mcafee's over there now but
1: it seems like um Michael Cole does help these younger guys along. Taz, it seemed like they're kind of coming together around the same period. Well, and I don't think
0: Mitchell Cole had as much political power backstage at that point. He was still pretty early on into his run, and it's not like Taz was going to take a shit. I mean, it's it's freaking Taz. Man, Taz would say some weird stuff. <laughs> I, li- I always like Taz as a color guy, though. Kind of like what yeah. we were talking about with Nigel. You know, Taz yep. just he had that sense of if Taz is telling you that hurts, you know, that hurts because it's freaking Taz.
1: Right. But he would say like Rocket Buster style, <laughs> <Like> weird <laughs> stuff uh, uh, off the off the charts. Yeah. Off the charts. They're Rocketbuster Rocket Buster style. Like weird. Like you wouldn't expect him to be saying that. It almost seemed like Vince type of stuff, you know, like, OK, I guess he's feeding Taz and Taz is saying these lines. But uh, What was the other one? Hurt Street or something instead of Dream Street? He's on Hurt Street, Cole. Jazz yeah. um, trying Taz. to be edgy
0: even while being the corporate stooge.
1: Who did you have today? I know you mentioned today. Who did you have Mike Tenet on there with? That's the, my, my question for you. Um, I You know, it's
0: really, really hard because they're both Nitro, right? I have Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and Mike Tanay, And then mm-hmm. I also have Eric Bischoff, Mike today, and Mongo McMichael. I, hmm. new japan kind of does this with chris charlton right i mean like yes. this is yep. chris charlton's role in a new japan booth at this point I always really, really liked having Mike Tanay around. I like having, you know, the, the the stats and the facts like, you know, Kevin yep. Kelly gets from our friend Chris Samsa. Um, yep. I, I I like having that historian sitting at the booth to kind of draw comparisons and compare and contrast and kind of fill in the gaps of the stories. Yep. I always really, really liked Mike Tanay, and he's really kind of the last guy until Chris Charlton I remember seeing in that role.
1: And Charlton's a great author.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. Both of his books are absolutely fantastic.
1: With um, Tanay, I love that too because. Man, he knew his stuff. They were saying, like, you know, he's the encyclopedia. He, he knows everything. I loved him. He knows his stuff. And, obviously, uh, he knows his sports, too, if you ever follow him. He knows a lot about sports and gambling and betting and, you know, whatever you want to do. But he knows his sports. And, man, does he know his wrestling history. He's great. I don't particularly think he's great at, like, the play-by-play because he's so good at color. I don't like him. I mean, he's fine at, at play-by-play, but I so much like him better as color that like extra added guy like if Shivani's calling like, Shivani's awesome you throw it to him and he's like oh well you know he he just beat Liger on Saturday in, in the Tokyo like he knows his shit i i love yep. him as as like the the color fact editor whatever you want to call it, like the, the um the voice of knowledge
0: yep absolutely and then when you get Tony Shivani and Bobby Heenan opposite of Mike Tanay, both of those guys pretty damn good i always thought Bischoff yep. was seriously underrated as a lead play-by-play guy, um, yeah, he was great b- before the NWO stuff. Before he's just yep. tried being heel Eric on the on the commentary. But I always thought he was really, really good when he would take over that second hour
1: of Nitro. I agree. I Love it. Love. What about him and Larry? Larry, Larry, or Tony and Larry? Larry. Yeah, Tony and Larry. You bet. Yeah, yeah, Tony and Larry. Um, but uh, Bischoff, absolutely great underrated uh for sure as that like play-by-play guy he knew his stuff he's been co- uh doing the play-by-play being the announcer being a commentator for a while
0: yeah absolutely and i think i think it's just people get so clouded by that when he was nwo and the commentary was just yep. absolutely awful but it was awful almost
1: intentionally yep yep i just thought it was funny like with shivani and and zabisco like where you going larry and larry would go out and do the little curtsy thing <laughs> And they're like, yeah, Larry, Larry, the living that. legend, the yes. living legend. He better be on this list. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All, right. All right, good, good. Um, just thinking of just Shivani in general, did you enjoy years talking about years ago in WS that when Shivani and Jim Ross were a team?
0: Yep, I, I do have Shivani and JR on my list. It's it's funny to kind of go back and look at some of that stuff now. Um, I like we were talking off air. I was watching heels this morning, and then afterwards I went and I was looking at a couple of Dusty promos, and one of them is Tony, a young Tony Schiavone with a mullet and a mustache, you know, yes. interviewing Dusty Rhodes. That era of Tony Schiavone is just absolute gold. And J.R. I mean, good God, that was forty years ago, Paz.
1: Yep, think about that. And people are ripping him for not remembering people's name. Guys right. been doing this for a long time. He's been doing it for more than uh, most people have been alive. And he was a veteran at that
0: point. Yep. He was already a well-respected voice in wrestling at that point. And to, to watch JR kind of bringing along a young Tony Schiavone and to see where they're both at now, Wednesday nights on Dynamite,
1: pretty cool. Pretty freaking Amazing. cool. So with... Tony, do you have Tony on your list more than once? Do you have on your Tony Shavani on the list a few times? I have Shivani on the list. Let's see. One, two, three of them. Wow. Nice. Okay. Give me the lowest rank. Not not the, the, the highest the, rank. The lowest rank. The lowest ranked one that I
0: did. Um as much as I love Larry Zabisco and I love Tony Shivani. Mm-hmm. I have that as the lowest one on my list just because of kind of where they were cast on the show. And First then, hour, yeah. And then at a certain point, it just became ripping on Tony Schiavone and Larry Zapisco towards, the, you know, <laughs> the latter years of Nitro. So I, I, I do have that as the lowest one on my list. Then I have Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and Mike Tanay a little bit higher than that. And then I have JR and Tony Schiavone
1: i surprised you don't have my favorite. Literally, my favorite team, maybe second favorite, but or maybe third. Well, well whatever. That's regardless of the favorite. But they're up there as my favorite because they're one of the first ones I wrote down. Shivani, Heenan, and Dusty. Love that threesome.
0: See, I'm. I. I I'll probably get heat for this. I did not Ooh. like Dusty as a commentator.
1: What in the hell? Yeah,
0: I know. What I... the
1: hell? Not even Dusty and Jr. together?
0: No. I just, oh I, I never liked Dusty as a commentator. I just, I don't know what it was, man. I could, I could never get into Dusty Rhodes as a commentator.
1: Man, I used to love Saturday Night with him and Tony. Um, even back in the day, him and him and JR calling all the shows mm-hmm. and doing on WCW. Him and Chris Cruz, Dusty and Chris Cruz are so funny doing their like sometimes WCW Prime, which is a syndicated show. But man, I, oh man, he, the guy would win. He's going to the pay window. His repertoire, his repetendum, like all the dusty I can't believe you don't like the, oh my God. You know what I think it is? And, and, and this is awful.
0: I can take Dusty for about 90 seconds. And then his voice just annoyed me. Oh my God. You're, You're
1: insane.
0: You are I, a I, crazy I, person. I, I might be insane, but at least I'm honest. Dusty Rhodes, I mean, give him four minutes in a microphone. Perfect an hour of dusty roads couldn't do it man
1: two turntables and a microphone (laughs) where it says um all right so we got to tony we were talking about jim ross he didn't like dusty which is fine but we were talking about jim ross what about jim ross and hayman together are they on the list
0: yes i got jr and hayman together um paul hayman brings out the absolute like best in Jim Ross. Jim Ross typically was such a great straight man
1: Yes, for sir, years. Yes, yes.
0: Yep. And Paul Heyman would pull it out of Jim Ross. And I, I feel like at a certain point, Jim Ross just kind of embraced it. But when Jr. was just that straight guy, it took Paul Heyman to bring a little bit of uh, actual personality out of Jim Ross rather than just kind of being the talking head of monday nights
1: i did like that you could tell jr we get a little annoyed at paul paul could yep. be a little... and,
0: and that's he, why paul he was brought there paul,
1: and he brought paul into the damn business pretty much yep well and,
0: and that's the other thing too is you can tell those two guys were always having fun together because i i never you never thought that any of that was ever taken personally it was just the on-camera stuff you could tell those two guys just had great chemistry together on and off camera
1: absolutely what about arguably the best, and they were the first team that I wrote down: Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. They were the first team that you wrote down, really. Pause. I, Just because I... whenever I say great commentators, Jr. is the first person that comes into my mind, so I immediately put that down. Although it was immediately followed by another tandem. I'm not going to mention them yet because they always kind of equate in my mind. But I don't know. I was immediately thinking Jr. So I'm like Jerry and the King very popular attitude ever very awesome combination another straight man joker going back and forth they're they were number one on your list huh
0: well and the thing with jr and jerry like we talk about some of these teams that were together for what seems like a flash in the pan they were the voices of monday night raw for years you know so it's it's just kind of ingrained like they wouldn't have been kept together for that long if they weren't really really good although they're it is questionable sometimes to me how good Jerry the King Lawler necessarily was.
1: Damn it. So you're killing Lawler and now you're killing Dusty?
0: Holy Well, Well, mo- no, I mean, the thing is, Jerry, I love Lawler as a performer. Don't get me wrong. But there was Lawler provided a lot of comedy relief during the Attitude Era that I just didn't need on the show.
1: Just a quick sidebar you know, weeks ago we said best puncher and we were kind of saying Lawler. you said disco, but I said Lawler Lawler said he got a Jackie Fargo and Fargo is the best puncher. Just to throw that out there. He recently said that. So I was like, Oh, I, and, and, you know, he sh- was along with a video clip of Fargo. I was like, yeah, he might, yeah, he's got something there for sure. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So Jim Ross and Lawler, not number one on your list.
0: Not number and one I, on my list. I'm guessing that the other pairing is the one that you had as well. But
1: here, but here's the kicker there's four guys wait one actually it's really five but there's four guys that can kind of be interwoven and interchangeable and it's funny because i saw i was talking to other people and they were like no i like this combo better no i like this combo better but to me gorilla monsoon and bobby the brain and A.K. bobby the stain i had them but somebody else was throwing a curveball and throwing the different combinations of the, the guys out there. But what do you think about Gorilla and Bobby the Brain? That's that's the number one pair that that was the first names that I wrote down. And
0: maybe it's just because they were you know when we were kids, right? So we're talking about the voices of our childhoods. And then, yeah, but you will know, you stop, Jr. and Jerry? kind of you know more our teenage years yes right you know so but yeah to me gorilla and bobby were the first names that i wrote down and we talk about you know jim ross and paul Heyman having good chemistry bobby the brain heenan and gorilla monsoon were just absolutely incredible and it yeah. was kind of the same thing too right where bobby would poke and he would pry and he would break gorilla monsoon to the point where <laughs> gorilla monsoon would have to t- say <laughs> "Well, you stop you know because gorilla was so straight either right yeah. like he was i love me some gorilla monsoon and bobby heenan's just i think the greatest mind in the history of professional wrestling i love me some bobby the brain heenan
1: man so damn like funny together perfectly executed together just they were awesome i love those two together both and like, so, will you be serious
0: both yeah. so quick-witted right yes. i mean like they yeah. could go back and forth so quick and then one of them would just stop and just let it breathe for a minute before the other would come back in it, the timing was absolutely incredible the chemistry between those guys i still Like, to go back and watch some of that stuff, you just smile listening to Gorilla and Bobby Heenan. Whether they're talking about the match or not, they could be talking about what they had for dinner and have the same kind of chemistry.
1: Or be making fun of Tito Santana. And uh, It's great stuff. Just love it. Somebody posted, and I forget who it is, they posted a video of uh, Gorilla and Bobby together. It was primetime, and Gorilla actually kind of broke for a second. Bobby was just like making completely making something up and being like absolutely out of control, and Gorilla almost like broke for a second. And he's like, Will "You stop!" But not his normal. "Will you stop?" Like he was like kind of like laughing. Like, "Will you stop?" <laughs> Which is very weird. You don't usually see Gorilla break like that. But no. he, I'm sure he was trying to make him laugh.
0: Absolutely. It's kind of like the Undertaker thing, right? Yes. Be, be, because there was always, you know, that competition to see who who could actually get Undertaker to break character in the ring.
1: Kurt Angle posted a video uh, the other day. He uh, gave him a hug. He said, "Great match," and he kissed him. And Undertaker <laughs> like laughed a little bit. And he and Kurt ran. Yeah, right. Yeah. You get you get Undertaker to break. You better run. So here's the interesting thing. I was told somebody else they love Gorilla and Jesse the Body together. Jesse the Body Ventura and Gorilla together. Obviously, really the first seven manias. Well, really, first six manias together is is Gorilla and Jesse doing it together, and then seven was really Gorilla with a little mix of Duggan with Heenan involved. But really, first six manias is Jesse and Gorilla. They were awesome together. They were awesome together, and I and I have Jesse on my list, but I have Jesse with Vince. Me too. I was going to say I actually, which is somebody was saying the opposite, but which is fine. Everybody can have their own opinion. But I was saying I like Jesse and Vince together, and. Bobby the Brain and Gorilla, and they were saying they like Vince and Heenan together, which is another great combo I love too, and they like Gorilla and Jesse together. I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, they were mm. mash, mix and matching, which is fine, and I totally agree, but it's just one of those things where, no, I like Gorilla and Heenan together and Jesse and Vince because yep. Jesse, you, you could tell Jesse's like, all right, I'm going to really mess with him.
0: And especially once you found out that who Vince was, other than yep. just the commentator. Yep. You know, like you could tell Jesse was really, really to, even to go back and watch it now and be like, I can't believe he said that to his boss. You know, <laughs> like, wow, dude. Yep. Yeah, no, Just, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I like Gorilla and Heenan, and I like Jesse and Vince.
1: And it's funny, too, because if you look at Vince, it's like, okay, maybe he's not like that great of an announcer, but he's perfect because he knows what he's trying to get over. This is his right. show, his creative, his story, so he knows exactly who he wants to get over, how he wants to get over doesn't necessarily know the names of the moves as he would say, Oh, what a maneuver, which is just classic, like embedded in my brain. What a maneuver. Oh, what a maneuver. It, but it worked. It didn't matter that he was doing that and saying that it just absolutely worked. And he was just able to nail it and just be kind of like the play by play guy who would tell the story and get, get something over. And then you get heaning with a little stickler or even better to me was Ventura with a little jabs and stabs and Oh, Oh, Hogan's a joke. Hogan's a loser. Like, are you gonna Just say he's the greatest of all time. You know what I mean? It was like perfect compliment. Yep. Who, who can
0: tell your story better than you. Right. I mean, yep. they, they ideally um, it, it was just that at a certain point Vince McMahon found out that the answer to that question was Jim Ross.
1: Yes. Yes. That was the thing too. It's like, okay, Vince is great. And he he's, he's so enthusiastic and he's so boisterous and he's great. Jim Ross is better. There's no doubt about yep. it. You can't even argue it. There's no arguing. He's, he's just better at it. Even if you go back to those
0: early days of Monday night, raw, right. And you got macho man and Vince, it was even that mm. same kind of dynamic with uh, Jesse and Vince, where macho would just kind of poke yep. right at him as Vince was like out there. Macho? trying. I liked macho, but you could tell that macho didn't want to be there.
1: Yeah. He didn't want to be the commentator. Yep. I didn't want him to be the commentator. Nobody wanted him to be the commentator. But I I mean, it's cool at one point, but it's like, man, get him out on the ring. This guy's still in his prime. What the hell are you doing? Right. He was good. He was good as a
0: commentator. You could just tell that he didn't want to be doing commentating.
1: Like when they did that crush feud, and I was like, oh, this is great because he didn't wave there, and you're going to actually see him wrestle again. And I was going to wrestle my right. A10, so I was pumped to see Macho uh, in my home turf, if you will. But I was like, man, it's so weird that he's commentating. Why isn't he wrestling? Like, there's one point where you're like, okay, like Brett needs an opponent, or, you know, like, okay, Yokozuna, the, the somebody like who's he's he right put there. Yeah, like Macho Man, it's sitting right here. What the hell are you doing? Like, hello. It was weird that they did they didn't do like the him putting up putting over all like the younger guy kind of thing. Like right. he had that feud with Michaels, but it was so short and it was almost like a house show, uh in, you know, elsewhere overseas kind of thing. It's like, why wasn't that on TV here? Why wasn't well, that part of pay-per-view and stuff here? They didn't use Savage correctly. And
0: and we had this conversation about Hogan here, uh, just the other day when we did the uh Hogan podcast. That you know, Vince was ready to move off of Hogan when Hogan was like, what would we figure out, like 38?
1: Yeah, late 30s. Yep.
0: And he again, he was ready to move off of Macho Man at that point, too. And Macho had so much left in the tank. And now you look at WWE and they're bringing in, you know, Goldberg,
1: who so would technically be 16 years older, or just about right. And those guys were, yeah, nuts.
0: I mean, AJ Styles, right now. Is what forty
1: two? Yeah, I think so. Cena's got to be forty three or forty four. Lesnar's up there. They're ready to move Mojo off
0: Macho Man and Hogan in their mid thirties.
1: Samoa so Joe, the champ of their developmental territory, is 40. <laughs>
0: That's crazy.
1: It's Is it nuts or what? Is he crazy? That was quite a gamble too, because WCW really shoved it up his ass. I mean, they... Oh, they yeah. They just, you know, they literally almost put the guy out of business. What
0: and now AEW about? is kind of doing the same thing, just with younger talent. They're getting all the younger talent and shoving it up his ass because people are tired of seeing people like Goldberg. It's crazy.
1: Bobby Lashley, by the way, is forty four. Doesn't look it at all, but he's no. forty four. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Orton, in his forties. A lot yeah. of older guys there. I As don't think Vince's got no, Riddle's like 36, I want to say. Yeah, I was going to say, he's definitely advanced because he was in MMA for quite a while.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. Damian Priest, you know. At the, yeah, that, he's 38. Young yeah. rookie at 38.
1: Drew McIntyre's not a young pup anymore either. Yeah, it's crazy. Sheamus. I know we can go on and on. We're talking about announcers, We're talking about all these old guys. But, man, um, who else do you have on that list of yours? Um,
0: I got Gordon Soli and Lance Russell. Um, as I think of Gordon and I was trying to think of like his best partners and then right behind Gordon Sully and Lance Russell, I have Gordon Sully and Roddy Piper. Um, to me, those were the, the, the two best tag partners for Gordon's Gordon Sully. Who do you consider the greatest? Because I, I, it seems like there's a debate between Gordon Sully and Jim Ross. To me, it's Jim Ross. Yeah. Where where do you
1: fall on that? Jim Ross, for sure. Soli is awesome. He's quite a legend, but I definitely go Jim Ross. I actually kind of like when Jim Ross and Gordon Soli would team together. If you remember in 89 WCW, I know he was advanced, but man, if you just go back and you watch uh, Clash of the champions, funk versus Flair, he literally has the best line that everyone uses since end line of the night. And usually that's Jim Ross doing that. But um, solely nailed it. Two words, five letters. I quit. Just like, Wow, damn, like that was epic. So, Gordon Sully throwing in a, a mic drop here. Like, damn. But, um, and he was I, so I, I straight. That yes. was the crazy part.
0: He was so straight all the time.
1: Sue play by race. Sue play. You know what I mean? A very, almost too monotone a little bit sometimes. Yep.
0: Yep. Um, I also have uh, Lance Russell and Dave Brown, who is yes. one of my personal favorites over yes. the course of pro wrestling history. Lance Russell's voice is it's just like the perfect commentator's voice to me.
1: Yeah. Yep. And I it agree. helped that
0: he was really, really freaking good. Um, Yellow. Let's, Yellow. Let's see. Who else do I got on my list? How about Joey Styles all by
1: himself? I jokingly on my <laughs> list put Joey Styles and then put on like, you know, next to it by himself and I put Gordon Soli by himself because that's kind of where Joey Styles got it from. Right. Yeah. Did you like Joey Styles? Did you like the Oh
0: my God!
1: We're, Sometimes I, and it's funny because I know him very well and I, I talked to him once in a while. He's doing really well financially, by the way, which is why we don't see him in wrestling. And right? hint, hint, he's doing so well over here. He doesn't need to come back. But man, um, I th- always thought he was a bit over the top and then like kind of rewatching it. He really gets you into it though. You know what I mean? He really kind of gets you pumped.
0: It's kind of got that Maro Ronaldo thing, right? Like, yes,
1: yes. If yep.
0: he, he could have just backed off on things that weren't necessarily that
1: important. Yeah, like the whippersnapper on like JT Smith, it's like eh, let's let's tone it down a notch. Shane winning the title is a little bit more important, you know. And then I have one more pair on my list, oh, okay. and 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 I think
0: this one's a little weird, right? But that's okay because the show that they did was a little weird, but I feel like they added so much to it. Matt Stryker and Vampiro. Uh, their run like on Lucha Underground, I because Lucha Underground was so different that I felt like Matt Stryker actually worked in that context. I don't typically yeah. like Matt Stryker as a commentator, but for some reason in Lucha Underground, it really worked. And then the pairing with Vampiro, who had all of this knowledge, I mean. He had the legitimacy, he had all of the Lucha Libre knowledge, He, the character that is Vampiro when he would finally get up out of the booth. I thought that pairing and the story that they told throughout Lucha Underground was just incredible.
1: I, I agree. I love that combo down there. Striker, maybe not an impact or other places. And when he did a couple of things for New Japan, you know, even A, you know, eh, but yeah, Lucha Underground, he de- he kind of worked for sure. You know, I, I was thinking of another one. It's not a great one. And I, I mentioned this to JR, and and he doesn't think it's very funny, obviously. And But I, I prefaced it with it, it's not funny. But I used to love when uh, Ed Ferrari did Oklahoma and he'd be with Schiavone and Schiavone would be annoyed at him. <laughs> it was perfect because he goes, Yeah, speaking sound bites, Tony. Speaking sound bites. I just thought it was so funny. Obviously he's parodying JR, which right. is something that Vince wanted him to do, by the way, behind the scenes. And Vince would crack up because they were like picking on JR doing the attitude era. So it's funny that everyone kind of blames Russo and Ed Ferrara for, it, but it's actually Vince McMahon is the person that used to love it and used to try to you know get JR and, and really poke at him and, and make fun of him and stuff. I just think it was funny that when Shivani was with him, they'd be so funny playing all I was Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, he, Shivani would be pissed. You,
0: the the one thing I assume that you have
1: read slobber knocker and under
0: the black hat and Jr. talks a lot about Vince McMahon and what a dick he is and kind of the way that Jr. was treated over the course of the years. Yep. Why did he stay? You know what I mean? I I mean, million dollars a year. Yeah, I guess, but man, it's just like decades of being berated by this man,
1: and a lot of guys that I talked to that were like around that situation and that know that they were saying that Vince did not like that Jr knew more about wrestling than he did, and Vince knew that Jr knew more than him, so Vince would say something and almost think like. You know, I can't get one over on this guy, or this this maybe doesn't make sense, but too bad this is my company. But Jarrah would try to make sense of it, and Vince was having none of it, and he's like, "Well, that has no wrestling logic." And then he's like, "Oh, you know, sports entertainment, pal, and like that kind of stuff." So I could, in a weird way, I totally believe because all these guys are reputable and they're totally making sense. They're like Jarrah was almost too smart for the room, and Vince almost like got annoyed that this guy is like like. Because he knew he came from Watts, and that was Vince's big rival. Where he said, "Like I'm worried right. about this guy because this guy he knows his shit." Remember, he tried to bring him in too in '95, and just didn't work creatively. And and Watts is a little bit older at this point, just didn't work. But Vince knew it was like, "Man, Watts knows his shit. Like this guy, he knows more than me, and this guy's the protege of Watts. This guy knows more than me." So I always heard it was a little bit of a not jealousy thing with Vince, but like a this guy's too smart for the room kind of thing. I got to humble him, or he get, tries to humble him kind of thing. Well, Basically, be a bully. And it's not just Jr.
0: I mean, they he kind oh, of did the same thing with Pat Patterson and, and Gerald Briscoe, you know. Where it's just like well, Pat Patterson.
1: I heard used to get him get him back. He used to blow smoke in his face, and Vince would snap.
0: <laughs> well, of, of all those guys, Pat's the one that it's just like I can't, I can't imagine him just taking that shit.
1: Yeah, he yeah he would he just didn't care. But even like Michael Hayes and stuff, who, who's who supposedly you know really Dude, really it, crazy it, smart. It, yep really creative and smart behind the scenes, you know, Vince, I wouldn't say bully, but it's like that kind of attitude, you know?
0: Well, but Michael Hayes deserves it. I mean, have you seen the way the guy dresses? I mean, (laughs) my God, let's face it. If somebody showed up to the office where you work at looking like Michael Hayes does every day, every day, you would, you you would torment that person too.
1: You know what? Speaking of Jr. speaking of Michael Hayes, I like them as a commentating team, man. They would literally put anybody and everybody with Jr. And I would like I always liked it. Missy Hyatt for a little bit. Obviously, we mentioned Heyman Cornette with him was good. Terry Funk and him was good. Dusty and him was good. They literally threw everybody. I feel like he he must have been a commentator with every wrestler of all time. And like they would work out and it would be good. Like even if the, the pairing didn't make sense, like the Missy Hyatt thing, he would somehow make it make sense and make it good the only thing that didn't work was him and jesse and he admitted he didn't like working with jesse just for whatever reason they just didn't mesh and he wasn't gonna give jesse like you know he how we give lawler and then lawler would hit, right. hit the home run like here's a softball he said he wasn't giving jesse those softballs
0: when it comes to cornette did you get the impression that those two guys liked each other while they were working together as a commentary team because I always kind of felt like Jr. was like, "Oh, well, you just shut up. Yeah. Like, nobody cares," <laughs> you know. Because like Cornette's yeah. kind of got the Mike Taney thing going, yeah. where he's got all yeah. this knowledge and all this history, and Jr. is like, "Well, you shut up. I'm trying to tell this story, not that story." You know that that was kind of the I, I, the two of them together. I enjoyed it just because it always felt like it was about ready to blow up.
1: So. Is that everybody that we mentioned? Do we have Did we mention everybody? Did we get to everybody?
0: I think that's everybody off of my list.
1: That is everybody off of my list. So here's the grand question Who is the greatest announced team of all time? Every logical part of
0: me says that it should be Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler, but I'm going with Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heaton.
1: Kind of thinking the same thing. I love Shivani, Dusty and Heenan. I love Vince and Jesse. I love Jr. and the King. Awesome. But you're right. I think I got to go Gorilla and Bobby just because, man, just so good. And even like now I'll still laugh at like all their rewatching the show and all like their little routine and stuff. And, you know just them going back and forth cuz you could tell they're buddies, they're friends, they're close but you can also tell there's like that competitive thing like oh, I'm going to make you break or I'm going to make you crack. no I know you're not like you know what I mean like you could tell they're going back and forth it wasn't going to get real or anything but it was going to get to the point where they're going to come right up to the line maybe cross it a little bit and then bring it back. I just uh, I love that. You know the Tito thing the flying burrito. I know um Jesse, we just call him the Flying Burrito, and make fun of him too. But Heenan would add in some extra jokes, and then he'd be like, "Would you be serious? Would you?" stop? he's like, "What I talked to him. He, I talked to. Him. He's a, he's a gardener down at you know. Like he would add an extra little made up story, and Gorilla would have to bring him back to reality because you know he was lying. Just really, really fun. so I just love Gorilla and Bobby, and it's funny too because the first team I wrote down was Jim Ross and Lawler, but I got to go uh, Gorilla and Bobby, the Stain. Heenan, love those two.
0: It's just the chemistry between the two and the quick wit with the timing. Yep. Yep. I mean, they they, they could just bounce back and forth off of each other and knowing when to let it breathe, when to just let it go and refocus and bring it back to square one. I mean, it's like it's watching two comedians who are really well trained in improv.
1: And with wrestling, too there's so much bad comedy and so many guys oh, yeah. cannot execute it. And it's so hokey and shitty. Those two would not be anywhere near that kind of statement. Cause man, they were awesome together and they still crack me up. Like I said, if I go back and watch you old bet. clips, I will literally intently listen to them. Cause I know they're going to be hilarious together.
0: Yep. I agree.
1: Uh, just to throw it out there. Um, other like commentators that I loved and Gorilla would rework with them and Heenan would work with them. Throw, throw Piper in there too. He was always so great with them in, in like those kind of combos because he's being such the baby face. But he's also believing it's real or selling it like he's believing it's real. Like I just you throw guys like that and and, and Heenan in the mix. Oh it's perfect. So Lee and Piper down in Georgia was freaking fantastic. Yes. Yep. yep, you mentioned that before yep they were awesome together. And that's even Piper in a different role. Mm-hmm being more heelish but yes yep uh him as like the baby face doing the stuff and he and like oh you kidding me piper you're nuts and, like i know just the back and forth and like you wear a kilt and i'm <laughs> going nuts on, on bobby shut up please don't like yeah like uh oh, great so as far as this weekend's concerned, we got to who is the greatest announced team we both agree it's gorilla and bobby the brain According to the fans, we don't know. We'll see what they say. The poll will be up very soon. I actually have to, now that I'm reminding myself, i got to put up the poll for the debut. i got to put that one up today. I should have had it up already. Damn. Sometimes I have a reminder and sometimes I don't. But now I just reminded myself. But i got to put that up and see what the fans have to say. I'm hoping it's Jericho that wins, but we shall see. So let's head on over to the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com and Patreon. Patreon.com slash Empire. Jargo, what do you got?
0: Man, I feel like I, I I spend at least an hour sitting in this chair every day here recently when it comes to doing a bunch of different shows. So I guess I'll just plug the next one. There will be an all-new episode of Destino, a New Japan Pro yes. Wrestling podcast dropping in the next couple of days, going over Wrestle Grand Slam. Um Pretty good show, man. Got to sit down with the vet. We went for about an hour and 45 minutes looking at the G1 climax and kind of what's going on with the G1, what happened at the two shows, what's happening inside of the world of stardom with the five-star Grand Prix. Tons of stuff to cover on this week's episode of Destino. I just got to sit down and force myself to edit it. So I guess you can keep up with me across all social media platforms at Not Jargo, and chances are I will try to retweet the show when it drops.
1: Nice. Great stuff. As always, thank you, everybody out there for listening. Thank you, Jargo. And we will see you right back here next week for a little Who Is. See you next This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube.